Hey, you blitzers out there. You are back with Jeff. And Brady. And we are back with week one NFL 2020 season review. It's already yep. in the rearview mirror. Yep. So welcome everyone to another episode of the All Out Blitz podcast. We are here to talk about the results of week one, our thoughts on these games, and some other things that are happening in the yep. NFL world, like players that are upset with no contracts, some recent signings after seeing how terrible some teams did over the past weekend. Some players getting put on IR. All kinds of stuff going on. Yep. We're going to steer clear, I think, a little bit of injury a little today. Bit. On Thursday's episode, we'll get into it because that means there's some game time repercussions if we got folks that are hurt. Yep. So let's wait and see how some of those injuries play out. Unfortunately, of course, there have been some season-ending injuries for some folks. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, though. But glad to be back. Thank you all for joining and listening in with the All Out Blitz podcast. And if you're new, thanks for listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hope you enjoy. Hopefully you keep coming back. Yep. Got uh, a little bit of review to cover. I mean, we we had we, we did an episode Thursday, Yep. right? Right before, a couple hours before kickoff yeah. to the uh, first week of the NFL season here. And it kicked off with a pretty good game. It was. You know, it was different without having thousands and thousands of fans in the stands. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know if I was a huge fan of the the pumped in crowd noise, but hey, it, it is what it is. Than it just being quiet. Yeah, it was all right. You know, not not that big of a deal. It was it was pretty nice just to uh, to watch some live ball for once, which is great. Yeah. Uh, but we got to watch Most the, of the Kansas City Chiefs unveil. Of course, their Super Bowl banner, which was awesome to see. Yep. Uh, congrats to those guys again. But take on, of course, the Houston Texans, which they battled in the playoffs last year on their Super Bowl chase. Um, this game was never really in doubt. Yeah. You know, the, the Super Bowl hangover, just like the Madden curse for Patrick Mahomes, is pretty much non-existent. You yeah. know, he came into this game and... Um, you know, you think of the, the Kansas City Chiefs and you think of their high-powered, high-flying, super-fast, launch-the-ball-as-far-as-you-can yep. to the next state type of offense. But then you had this rookie sensation, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, come in and just ground and pound those Houston Texans into the ground. I mean, juking people out of their pads, cleats Ew. left in the ground, lowering his shoulder running through people, that dude is something special. Yeah. I mean, for Pete's sake, when you look at the Chiefs putting up 34 points, the Chiefs, of course, took this game 34-20. That, that score is, is seems too close <laughs> to how this game actually was. Yeah. Um, you'd think, man, Patty Mahomes must have threw for four touchdowns, maybe 350 yards. He barely broke 200 yards passing. Yeah. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, almost 140 on the ground. On his debut game. It was amazing. Got his, got his first tut on there, so got his, got his first rookie touchdown going. Um, yep. That's unbelievable. I mean, that, that yeah. offense was unstoppable last year uh, to a point, and now you add a ground game where, you know, <laughs> you look at the OC there, you know, Coach Eric Bieniemy. this has to be like his dream running back. Yeah. You know, that old, old lower your shoulder style, juke you out and just be five moves ahead. 
Yeah. Uh, every play was really it was a really way a great way to kick off the season. Um, Deshaun Watson with the uh, DeAndre Hopkins list Texans. Uh, they were a little, definitely a little out of sync at first. Um, but I'll tell you what, Brandon Cooks, um, all those guys, Will Fuller, you know, they, 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 you could tell there was no preseason. Uh, a couple of drops at key points, like third down conversions, things like that. They're going to clean those up. The Houston Texans by no means are in trouble here. Um, so Texans fans listening out there, trust you're still good. All right. I know Hopkins yeah. blew it up over the weekend with the cards in his debut. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that game in a minute. Um, you're good with Fuller and Cooks and those guys. Okay. Uh, David, let's talk about David Johnson. Okay. Cause that was a big, big piece of that trade. Um, he was doing good. He, he looks like the David Johnson of old. He was moving really well. Um, his pass protection was good, which thankfully that helps to Sean out quite a bit. Um, Ran the ball well, caught out of the backfield well. I think that's a good move. You know, we'll see how it plays out throughout the season. But amazing way to kick off the 2020 crazy NFL season that it is. Um, it started snowing there too. <laughs> it was for, it was like raining, snowing, sleeting. I don't know what it was. It was yeah, the there. weather was nuts when we were watching that game. Yeah, I mean, um, it was one of the times whenever uh, we were watching the camera cut and the whole entire lens was just covered with stuff. Yeah, it was crazy. They had to keep switching, and then of course, don't forget. I mean, we we can't not bring up the uh, the fogging issue of Andy Reid's face shield yeah uh it's been all over the place already he's got memes going on of Mahomes drawing plays up on his face shield fog um it's it was interesting let's just put it that way but man am I so happy to see some live NFL football yep that was pretty sweet uh so the Chiefs of course uh we'll we'll talk about our picks afterwards you have you have those all written down don't you yeah, I have it upstairs. Uh, that's fine. We'll talk about it. But anyway, both of us took the Chiefs in this game. Yeah. I think you took it a little bit closer than I did. I said it was going to be a blowout. <laughs> yeah. I, I really didn't think they were going to be able to even get close. But then seeing good old Clyde there, uh, that just kind of, you know, take the cake. You think when Damian Williams returns, you think uh, Clyde might still be the starter? I'm going to tell you something. If, if Clyde plays this way all year, I don't know if Damian's going to have a spot to come back to. Mm. You know? I mean, yeah. that's... He's got that, but hey, got to be opportunistic in the NFL, man. Just like in life, you got to be opportunistic. You got to take care of those opportunities. Damian Williams comes out. He's going to have one heck of a running back market sitting out there if the Chiefs are going to want to trade him. Yeah. So we'll see what happens next year for that guy. Uh, Definitely loved watching him play last year. Man, it's fun seeing this rookie light it up, though. I really am pulling for him. I hope he does well. Let's talk about the Sunday games. We We watched a lot of football Sunday. Now, the one we just mainly watched, or tried to at least, <laughs> was the uh, Falcons and Seattle, where Seattle took like 30-something to like 20-something. 38-25, the Seahawks took our Falcons. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's I'm, I'm kind of torn on this pick because, uh, well, first of all, you took the Seahawks over Atlanta. I took Atlanta over the Seahawks. You had me one up there. Um, you know, I'm torn because it's the first game. You know, we got some guys. The defense is, you know, definitely needs some work together to solidify that team. The offense was doing great. The offense did okay. Um, you know, they, they did all right. They really got away from themselves. They started out hot and heavy with the run with Gurley. It was great seeing him get his first touchdown in the Falcons' uni. Um, 
Yeah. But the, the play call, I just, I can't get over the play calling. Dirk Cutter and his offensive play calling is just horrific. Um, there's, there's no creativity there. It's super vanilla. It's very predictable. Um, and I'm just hoping at some point we can turn it around. I'm just, as a Falcons fan for the majority of my life on this earth, it is just, it's really frustrating to see the same outcome year after year, even with change, right? Even with coaching changes and things like, I love DQ. I love coach Quinn. Um, but you know, this offensive coordinator stuff isn't working. You know, Cutter was with us already years ago. No reason to ever bring that guy back. Um, but we'll see what happens. I'm hoping this coming week, we'll talk about this in a couple of days on the next episode when we play Dallas. Hopefully we can get things turned around. Don't let me put this past you. Seattle Seahawks are a very good football team. Yeah. That addition to Jamal Adams has made their defense, it moved them up about 10 notches to being good, to being great. Jamal Adams yeah. blitzing off the edge, roaming the defensive field, being able to do what he does best has been unbelievable for them, and they're going to keep reaping the benefits from all those uh, number one number one picks that they traded for that yep. fella. Um, so Seahawks took the Falcons 38-25, and then we, we come to another game that was a blowout, which we kind of knew it was going to be Ravens and Brownies. Yeah, we all knew the Ravens were going to win that. Ravens 38-6 over the Browns. I mean, Lamar Jackson came out doing what Big Trust does, and that's running the ball, passing the ball, just being electric on the football field. Yeah. Right? And the Browns had nothing for him. Yeah. The poser Baker Mayfield was once again been exposed to not making good decisions with the football. Yeah. Forcing it to OBJ. Now, all of a sudden today, they're saying we're ready to trade Odell Beckham Jr. now. Yeah. That's the news coming out, is that they're looking for trade partners for OBJ. Sure you want OBJ to get traded, not Baker? I don't know. I don't know if OBJ is the problem here. If Baker can't see him or he's, he's not making his reads correctly, which is apparently what it seems like. It's just stick to commercials. I think the Browns are still going to be the Browns. Yeah. You know, they had a little bit of good stuff over the last two years, especially Baker's rookie year two years ago. But we're back to being the Browns again. Now, we'll see if new head coach Kevin Stefanski can turn that around. Yeah. But if, you know, a head coach can't change the way that a quarterback reads defenses or reads coverages, and that's Baker's issue. Yep. Um, next game, well, first of all, we both picked the Ravens there. Yeah. That, that, was a, <laughs> that was a given. That was a given. The next game, we also picked the same team here, which was the Bills and the Jets. Now, let's first state um, Le'Veon Bell got injured throughout that game. He's now on IR. He will be available to come back in a couple of weeks, folks. This is potentially a landing spot of where I could see current free agent ex-Falcon, Devontae Freeman, show up at the Jets. Yeah. He can immediately step in as at number one if Le'Veon needs a little bit of extra rest, not ready after three or four weeks. They need to put him on longer IR. Freeman's already there. He can carry the load. We both took the bills. Yeah, I like, I want to say... Like, I like the third quarter. The game was like a blowout, like 21 nothing yeah. with the Bills. But then, like, and like, like, they after must have the let game, up or something. I don't after know. After the game, it was only like 27 to 21. 27 17. They won by like six points. 27 17. I thought it was 27. I thought it was 21. <laughs> so it's, um, that's the Bills, dude. I, I, I like them in the AFC right now. It's the following Diggs. Diggs is there. Josh Allen's being Josh Allen. That dude's a truck. I'm still saying Odell's going to go to the Bills. You think so? Yeah. I said that uh, whenever Cam Newton I was a free agent. You said that a long time ago. Yeah, I said that whenever Cam Newton was a free agent. Yep. 
I don't remember if that was before Diggs got signed there or it was after. I think it was before Diggs went there. Because that's when that's when they really that's when they only really had like John Brown and that's all they had. Yeah. But we'll see. I don't know. You know, I mean, single Devin Singletary got got some running in. Zach Moss got a little running in. That Jets defense was really good against the run. So Singletary yeah. and Moss really didn't get too much going, but it was enough to to get that play action going with Josh Allen and be able to do what he does and taking that next step to be the next best uh, great Buffalo Bills quarterback. Yep. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more detail here, folks, about some games we actually watched and some film. We, of course, <laughs> can't watch them all. No. Um, but another great one that came out, uh, which I, I think I won this one, was the Raiders and the Panthers. I took the Raiders. You took the Panthers. Yeah. Raiders won this game 34-30. to 30. I yeah. did not expect it to be that high scoring. No. I mean, Derek Carr came out slinging it. Um, we saw that, we saw a lot of you want to talk about that one clip we like saw the, like we kept seeing this one clip that was like Derek Carr was thrown to I'm pretty sure the wide receiver was a rookie I'm pretty sure I don't remember who it was honestly it'd be at this point but, but he like he he passed it up he lobbed it up perfectly and just caught it right in his arms right it touchdown. was it was a beautiful corner shot yeah I mean it, you you really couldn't have placed that ball any better no um Josh Jacobs came out pounding a ball just like he did last year. Yeah, uh, which is awesome to see. And uh, hey, the Las Vegas Raiders are one and zero. Yeah, it looks like it's already turning around from Oakland. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no offense to folks out in Oakland, uh, but but good for the Raiders getting this. Plus, it took out our Panthers, which yeah. you know, almost any everybody in our NFC South right now is you know, almost everybody's got a loss except for that other that terrible game we watched later on Sunday. But we'll talk about that one. <laughs> Uh, Teddy B showed up. He played well. Yeah. CMC does what CMC does, and he ran, catch, score. Hey, yeah. all right, not a bad start for Matt Rule down there at yeah. Carolina. When's the game going to be? Whenever it's the biggest surprise of Week One? Is that going to be in a few games? I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, next game. Oh, it's such a heartbreaker. I have such a hard time talking about this right now. Bears Lions. Oh my gosh. Bears won. Mitchell Trubisky led his team to victory 27 23. The Lions were up big. The and only, the Bears come back. Literally, the only play that I saw, or maybe you saw too, was the final play in that game whenever uh, Matt Stafford threw to DeAndre Swift and just about had it and then dropped it. It was the game winner for my boy D Swift, my old Georgia Bulldog. Never seen you miss a pass like that before, brother. You got to get those. It's game one, but it was game game on the line. Stafford threw a beautiful ball, backpedaling catch, went to turn, and dropped it. Yeah, after like after like you were rooted though, like you could see that he never really had possession of the ball. No, he was kind of like, like, like I'm pretty sure the nerves had him. The nerves had him. You know, yeah. Um, took his eye off of it too for just a second too quick. Uh, but the Lions fall to a heartbreaker to the Bears, 27-23. To the Bears. Yeah. I think I took the Lions in that one. You took the Bears. Yeah. Next game. Oh, my gosh. What game was that? <laughs> what game was this? Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and yep. the Indianapolis Surprise. Colts. A surprising, most surprising game of the week. 
the Colts will be forever known to go to lose to a team that was supposed to go zero and sixteen. You know, there's a lot of these. We we hit this heavy last week on the episode before the yeah, kickoff. Yeah, we said Colts are going to win about no about, the, about, about the Jags just tanking to get Trevor Lawrence and all kinds of stuff. And you know, I I hear all these other these ex football players saying, "Well, players don't tank; players play." Right? And I hear that, and I I, I get that. But my goodness, does it seem like that organization there in Jacksonville is trying to do everything in its power to make them lose. And Gardner Minshew comes out and defeats Philly Rivers in his debut with the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. I mean, who are their running backs? Who are their wide receivers? Who are their defensive players anymore? And they come out and they beat the Indianapolis Colts. Who knows T.Y. Hilton? They know Phillip Rivers. They know Richie and Darius Leonard. They know Rodrigo Blankenship, the new kicker. The Colts are filled with talent. And I'm not saying Jacksonville doesn't have talent or they would not be in the National Football League. But my goodness, Frank Reich, you have got to right your ship right now. Seriously. I mean, that was horrible. To lose to this I team right how, now. Like on the Jacksonville Jaguars, you have like no big name wide receivers, but on the Colts, you got T. Y. Hilton. You have Philip Rivers as your QB. Like like some people know Gardner. Philip Rivers looked like the Philip Rivers of last year, where he's just throwing pick after pick after pick. He threw like two interceptions in that game. He did. Uh, it was it was just uh, you know it, it may honestly after this season, Bigger if shocker. he cannot do anything more than what he did last year with the Chargers, with the Colts this year. I'm sorry, Philly boy, but it might be time for you to hang him up. Yeah. That seems harsh, I know. But, dude, come on. You are against, you're starting to cost your team more games than what it's worth. That's why Andrew Luck could have sh- kept playing. I wish Lucky would have kept playing. That dude was something special. Like, compared to Philip Rivers, he's young. Well, he, he took a lot of beatings in his, his early days with the Colts, though. Yeah. Like, Philip Rivers, he's like, like in his like late 30s, maybe like early 40s. Well, actually, I think he's in his late 30s, and he's he's played for like 17 years. So let's move on to the next game. This game surprised me. We both lost this one. Super high-scoring game. The Green Bay Packers beat the Minnesota Vikings 43-34. to Aaron Rodgers came out looking like the Aaron Rodgers of old, chucking that ball around, looking like he was having fun. Devontae Adams was on his game. Too much to handle for Kirk Cousins and that offense there. Yeah. Without Stephon Diggs, yeah. Adam Thielen was the man. Rudolph never really got going. Rookie Justin Jefferson never really got going. Dalvin Cook had a decent game. Yeah. A defense could just could not contain that was like a hot, Rodgers was like, and like the Green Bay Packers. Packers went up by a lot. Pretty sure it was like 40-something. 43 to 34. That was a crazy game. I did not expect it to be that high, and I really thought the Vikings were going to come out just going crazy and, uh, and, and win this football game. But hey, to be able to put 34 up like that in week one against the Packers, not too shabby there, Kirk. Yeah, Let's keep switch, doing it. Switching numbers. <laughs> exactly. We'll give you 43. We'll take 34. Let's just keep it going. Let's just keep it going. Right? I think Minnesota is going to be fine. I think that NFC North battle is just heating up starting yeah. here week one. Um, we'll see what happens. It's the Vikings and the Packers. That's it's their division. It's going to be whoever comes out on top of this. If Minnesota can squeak one out next time they play, uh, they'll they'll be right in the thick of things for playoff time. Whenever that gets here, 
Thankfully, that's a little while away yet. Yeah. Uh, AFC battle. A little disappointing on my my take, but uh, New England Patriots take out the Miami Dolphins 21-11 in Cam Newton's debut. And Fitzpatrick threw for, like, some interceptions. Threw, threw a couple of picks. Yeah. You know? Hey, but to throw a couple of picks and only lose 10, that's not bad. No. But, Newton rushed in for like two touchdowns. But I'm just curious how long until the Dolphins say fits. Can't throw two or three picks every game, buddy. When are we, when's a two a time? Two is needs to be the starter. Well, give me a, give me an estimate. What do you think? What week do you think he's going to start? Week four. Week four? Yeah. I'm going to go I'm going to go with seven or whatever. I don't know what their bye week is right now, but right after their bye. They should put like they should put um Two at the start, just not only because he hasn't thrown, like, any interceptions, um, and also because he hasn't been on, like, 15 different teams. Well, I get it. I get it. But they got to make sure he's healthy, right, first and foremost with that hip injury and stuff that he had, and to make sure he knows the offense well enough. I think that's that's really the key. I think the plan for Brian Flores and that team down there is to make sure that Tua uh, can learn, right? I mean, Fitz, is, he's he's a good quarterback, but from from just what you hear around the league is that he's an amazing mentor and teacher to these other quarterbacks. And I think Tua gaining that knowledge and that perspective is, is going to help him have a long, successful career in this league. Uh, but he also needs to know the offense and, like I said, make sure that his injury is definitely 100% fixed because that's the last thing you want is to rush him in, have him injure that hip again or something else, and then you're just out of luck for the year and he ends up going on IR. And then yeah. you lose all that because I'm not, I'm not sure what the protocols are with all this COVID stuff going on and the guys in the locker room. I don't even know if, if, if he's on IR, he's not even allowed to be around. I and if he can't be around, that's like going to be a big disconnect. He's going to lose an entire year of, of knowledge there. So you got you to gotta kind of weigh those pros and cons there. Yep. Uh, but Cam Newton showed out. He played really well in his debut there with the uh, New England Patriots. And uh, we'll see how that, how that train keeps moving along. I, 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 they're not going to be the Patriots of all. They're going to have a couple losses here and there, and we'll see if they make the playoffs even. But he looked pretty good in that debut. Yeah, you got two rushing touchdowns. It's a whole whole different offense for Josh McDaniels up there when you got a super mobile, strong, beastly quarterback if he's healthy. That's the key with Cam Newton. You got to keep him healthy. Yep. Um, oh, this game was glorious. The Washington football team defeat the Philadelphia Eagles 27-17. Keep this in mind right now, folks. The NFC East is made up of the Washington football team, the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Giants, and the Dallas Cowboys. The Washington football team is the only team in that entire division right now with a win. The Eagles, the Giants, and the Cowboys lost. They are now number one in their division as the Washington football team. Team named a football team named the football team is the top in their division. Riverboat Ron Rivera led his team to victory with the help of Chase Young, rookie stud defensive end. Let's just keep that name as well. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I was super happy when I saw this because that was my that was my pick. If I was, if I was like I took Washington over Phil, I'm just like, I had this feeling that. There's that spark with Ron Rivera and what he does with his team and his players that, you know, he's, he's battling through and, and prayers up to him and his family. He's, he's battling through some cancer and, and things like that right now while coaching this football team. Uh, good luck with everything, Ron. But you're, um, 
you know, you know, they're fighting for him too. You know, they want to make sure that everything he's going through, he's got positivity and energy there. And uh, that team showed up and showed out against those Eagles. I mean, they had Carson Wentz on his back most of the game. Yeah. Um, if I was part of Philadelphia, I'd be like, I want to trade now. I'm not losing to a team that's called the football team. <laughs> I'd rather lose to a team great, called the Giants. Great, uh, great game, though. And kudos to, uh, to Washington there to put a win on the board. And uh, hopefully my Falcons can keep you, keep you all above there a little bit and take out the Cowboys, give them another loss in week two, I'm hoping, to get Atlanta's uh, record back, back at 500 again and keep you, keep you all above the NFC East there. Next game, uh, we watched the end of this, I would say. The uh, Chargers at the Bengals. The Chargers yeah. defeated the Bengals 16-13. to 13. And Give me told, your take. And you, and you told me something about this, like, um, the day after the game happened. So what we saw in the game was that... Well, first of all, let, let me let me start, and then I'll... Because I, I know where you're going with this. Joey Burrow. That kid is a winner. He led his team right down the field like he's supposed to. Yep. Not even as he's supposed to as his debut as an NFL rookie. Yeah. Led his led his team down the field, and then what happened? So what happens is um, AJ Green gets a penalty called on him for I think it was like stiff arm and the offensive defender. pass interference would have been a yep. touchdown to win the game. Yep, called and back. They were on like maybe a, like maybe a little bit ahead or like a little bit behind the ten yard line, and then the kicker goes up for the field goal, misses it, and I mean like it. way misses. Yeah. And then the camera looks back at him. It looks like he torn something. Now, the next day, you told me something. So when, when you watch this kick, he, I think it's Bullock. He kind of he pulls up a little bit, completely shanks the ball to the right. And, he, and you're looking at him, and he, he's kind of grabbing his left leg, and then he's looking and grabbing his right leg, and then he's like back to the left leg. He's not sure what hurts, which just seems kind of weird, right? And then... Uh, the final, the final thing that they show is that he's he's grabbing his right calf like he's got a strain or a pull or a tear, or tear or something on his right leg. Yeah. Monday morning, it comes out that he has a left leg injury. If I had a sound to play for crickets right now, which you know what, I might. Got to find it quick. Do we got crickets? There, exactly right. It makes no sense. So either this dude is faking. Or you know what? He just shanked it, and he's just trying to make up for being a terrible kicker in the NFL. Yeah, like that was absolutely horrible. So Cincinnati, if you need to do anything, please go sign yourselves a kicker. Yeah. Two takes on this. One is if he would have made that, it would have forced the Chargers and the Bengals to win overtime. Overtime week one. Okay. Second, my actual take on this is you are the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Okay. You are used to being a horrible football team in this football league. Do not play for a tie in week one when you have a pure winner at quarterback. Yeah. Go for the jugular. Go for the win. If you end up 0-1, you end up 0-1. It's really nothing different for your Bengals. At least you could say at least you could say you actually went for it. Give Joe Burrow a shot. Give him the faith like he has in being super excited for playing for the Cincinnati Bengals to give him a shot and go win that football game. He kept him in it the entire time. Did he make some boneheaded plays? Absolutely. He's a rookie quarterback for Pete's sake. But you got to put the ball in his hands. 
It's not Macaulay Culkin anymore. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin. Uh, got himself a little facial hair. He's grown up now. But I'll tell you what, watching watching the highlights for the game, I really like where this kid is going. He's a winner. You can tell with his teammates that he brings that mentality and that leadership most of all to that locker room, which let's be honest, Andy Dalton has never done that for that team. No. Um, but the other on the other side, that Chargers defense without Derwin James is still pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that front between Melvin Ingram and Bosa and then the rest of the guys on that defense, that's going to be a tough defense to, to contend with. Yep. Next game. Let's move on to the battle of the oldies. Tom Brady and his new Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. The Saints win this game 34-23. to no, we actually My gosh, was this game horrible to watch. <laughs> You took the Saints. I refused to make a pick because I wanted them both to lose yeah. or tie. But this game was so sloppy. This yeah. is the game that I fully expected for most games. Week one, no preseason, weird offseason. So many penalties, so many misplays, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Tom Brady looked like a rookie. He did. I mean, threw a pick six to Janoris Jenkins. Through, I think he threw another pick. Actually, he threw two picks that game. Um, I'm pretty sure it was one, but it was called like as like a penalty or something like that. So I didn't, didn't turn back. No, there was two. There was oh. two because it was one for one. He was trying to hit Mike Evans. Evans ran the wrong route, and then oh, yeah, the other one was the pick six to Janoris Jenkins. Yeah, the one like the one that he was supposed to throw to Evans at the time before. I'm like. Really overthrew that him. Was, that was way high. Yeah, but then later we found out that like he, like Mike, like Mike Evans was like, well, I didn't even know the ball was coming to me. Yeah, it was it was it was a wrong route. He wasn't expecting the ball, and Tom just Tom goes with it. You got you got to pay attention when that guy's quarterback because he he can change on a dime when he sees a quick read and he wants to make a throw. A, he's he gonna make the throw. Over, like he, you need to get ready. He seriously overthrew that though. Yeah, but even like Drew Brees came out looking like a schlub too. I mean that was just really surprising. I mean you know. Big 99 overall, big Mike Crybaby Thomas out there, I think caught four passes for 20 yards or something. Yeah. Like, it, it, whatever. But anyway, I'm Kamara. not going to go on about that because I can just. Kamara uh, wasn't even, like, playing that good either. He was, he was only in for, like, a few plays. No, nah, he had two touchdowns. Yeah, but, like, he didn't seem like he was on the field that much. It did seem like it was sporadic, but he was on there. They just had him shifting. To yeah. a lot of, they had him shifting out wide as a wide out. They had him at running back. They had him blocking. They had him peeling off for screens. For the plays that Taysom Hill was doing, he was just doing okay. He always does. Yeah. He always does. That's, um, you know, I, I think a lot of that is is why New Orleans has been successful is because they have these gadget guys and these utility guys that are, are really, um, you know, really apt to just helping the team in whatever way they can. And that's Taysom Hill. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was it was a hor- it was a horribly sloppy game. Um, Rojo, I mean, got the majority of the carries for the Bucks, which is crazy with Shady there and Fournette now. Yeah. Uh, but Rojo had a really good running game, and when you when you have you know Chris Godwin had a great game as well. Mike Evans was really quiet, um, which is not normal for him. Gronk was in there without his without his concrete arm brace and all kinds of stuff, yeah. looking slim and ready to go again. A couple of catches. Um, Bruce Arians, though, talking about Tom after the game was pretty interesting. I don't know if you listened to any of that. I listened to a little bit of it, but 
pretty much tossing Tommy under the bus saying, you need to play better there, Mr. Six or whatever time Super Bowl winner. Like, yeah. this is on you, man. It's, uh, so I'm sure Tom's working hard, and uh, Bruce Arians is a good coach for that. He doesn't care how many Super Bowl rings you have or what your stats look like or anything else. He just needs he's going to tell you how it is, and that's, yeah. that's one thing I love about B.A. I love that when he was with the Cardinals years ago. Um, sloppy game from both of them, though. You know what's weird? Is that at that game, Jameis Winston was still there. Yeah, just looking on saying, oh, that was me on the losing end for so many times as he sat there clipping a board or holding on to a clipboard with the Saints as the backup. Yep, Saints backup. Uh, it's pretty funny. Um, but we'll see. Those teams are going to pick it. Those teams are going are, are gonna to make up for that uh, and, and, and keep moving forward. But right now, of course, the Saints are the only team in the NFC South that have a win. Kind of like the Washington football team in the East. So yep. those, those divisions are always tough, and we'll see how they change around. Yeah, next game. Four more games to talk about. Uh, next one was, I enjoyed. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals beat the San Francisco 49ers 24-20. to Kyler Murray, new wideout, DeAndre Hopkins, Fitz, of course, and that studly Arizona Cardinals defense defeated Kyle Shanahan, the overrated Jimmy Garoppolo, and the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. I actually watched the end of that game while you were working out, yep. and um, they actually like they almost had it at the end too. They did, they did, and that Cardinals defense stood up hard. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy G made some really bad. I mean, it, this game was the majority of this game was on Jimmy G. Um, his decisions were terrible, not making good throws. Um, but yeah. don't forget when Arizona without D Hop or a lot of skill players last year, they beat San Francisco once and they played them hard. Both games last year. They know them, but somehow Kyler, D-Hop, Fitz, that whole slew of the rest of that team was able to slow down that crazy defensive front from the, from the Niners with Nick Bosa and all those guys, and they were able to just move the ball around. Yep. I mean, it was it was a really fun football game to watch. Yep. Uh, so congrats to the Cardinals keeping the NFC West there uh, alive, if you will. Yeah. And FC West is going to be pretty crazy. I mean, you got Seattle that got their win, right? Cardinals got their win. And then, of course, the next game we're going to talk about is the Rams beating the Cowboys 20-17. to So the Rams now get their win. And the only team in the NFC West with a loss, defending NFC champions, San Francisco 49ers. Yep, who are the Super Bowl losers. So the Rams take on Dallas at the Sunday night game. And beat them 20-17. to 17. Of course, there's. Uh, we're not going to talk in our episodes unless it's really terrible, which we could probably do today. But yeah. the offensive pass interference calls and defensive pass interference calls were ridiculous this weekend. Um, a lot that were not seen and a lot that were called that really shouldn't have been called. Uh, yeah. A big one there, of course, at the end of this game with Jalen Ramsey, um, of course, Dallas fans have all too much, uh, you know, passed with these odd penalties, catch no catch scenarios to lose football games. But Jared Goff comes out, no Todd Gurley, no Fowler on the defensive side of the ball. Both those guys with Atlanta now, they come out and they beat the Dallas Cowboys twenty to seventeen. Now, a couple of quick injury things here: we got Leighton Vander Esch, stud linebacker for the Cowboys, probably out about six weeks or so, six to eight weeks, uh, with a broken collarbone. And then also Blake Jarwin, the tight end, uh, 
tore something ACL. Possibly he's out for the year. Yeah. So they got hit with the injury bug fast and hard in this uh, in this game one. So, but the Rams take the Cowboys. So we'll see what happens, and uh, we'll talk about upcoming games next week with Atlanta and Dallas. But let's move on to the two Monday night games. One of the games that we just. I'm pretty sure it was the it was the early game that we really just didn't care about whoever won or lost. Yeah, and it, it was okay. I yeah. mean, it, it was it was uneventful for the most part. It was the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the New York Giants? Um, Saquon already got two hurdles in that game. <laughs> it was pretty sweet to watch. The Steelers beat the Giants 26-16, and I'm going to tell you something. The first half of football, the Giants looked really good. They did. Um, they could not get the run going for the life of them. Defense against the Steelers' defense. But that Giants' defense played so good against the Steelers' offense. Yeah. Um, James Conner also went out with an injury. Could potentially be back this week. But honestly, amazing with the way that Benny Snell Jr. looked yesterday, running for over 100 yards, just being a beast, let the guy rest. If he's hurt, he's hurt. You know, no it's catch. a long season. The one catch by the uh, rookie, I think it was. Ooh, Chase Claypool. You were talking about so much. Dude, that is by far, if if you guys have not seen that, Chase Claypool, first game of his career, tight end out of Notre Dame, made an amazing sideline toe drag catch. Rookie making a veteran play. I mean, this is by far catch of the week. Yep. Potential to look catch of the year right in the face. Yeah. Uh, it, it was absolutely, it was just, it was like, it's like harmony. It was just beautiful. Just the way that he was able to come. He was such a big guy. Uh, I, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't stop talking about it. It was such an amazing play by that young guy, like that said, rookie to, uh, to make that catch in first down. Actually, like I said, rookie making a veteran play. It really was. And yeah. probably better than most veterans can, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, compared to Tyler Lockett, who's better. <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. Tyler's tiny. He could bend. He's quick. Chase is such a degrees in back the end zone. Chase is such a big guy. It's uh, plus a rookie. That's that's yeah. that's awesome and and good for him. Um. So coach Joe Judge, right? First, he's 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 the rookie so coach for the Giants going against the vet Mike Tomlin. Um, he didn't call a bad game, you know. And of course, they have Jason Garrett as offensive coordinator. He already knows how to play with stud running backs. He's got Saquon now. He had Zeke before. But this game, honestly, this this falls 100% on Daniel Jones. I mean, picks in the red zone, just just playing on it, just carelessly with the football. Either get rid of it, chuck it down, take a sack. When you're so close to coming out with a victory against the Steelers in week one, you you should know better by now, man. That's yeah, just like that the, was rough to watch. Like the one play that we watched, where like the lineman picked it off in the end zone. Oh my gosh! Well, like first, so there's there's though, the two sure. picks. The two picks, right? Is one absolutely phenomenal play by who? What should have been defensive player of the year last year? T.J. Watt trying to bring a little bit of rush from the edge. Saw Daniel Jones dropping back and really focusing on his side of the field. Ended up pulling back from his rush, jumping, catching and and picking it off as soon as Daniel throws it. Absolute. That's fully 110% TJ Watt. The second play, red zone, I think maybe about the eight-yard line, Daniel Jones rolls out to the left. Everyone's like coming Bud Dupree chases him. That dude's quick. He's fierce. He's not going to stop till he hits you. 
hits Daniel Jones's arm, flails like, the ball in the air for a couple of seconds. Big old Cam Hayward picks it off in the end zone. Yeah, and there were like six Steeler people like in the end zone covering like two Giants people. And it wasn't a bad, it's not because it was a bad throw. It's because Dupree made the play like he should have where he hit his arm. The problem is when you're doing a rollout like that, you cannot wait for a play to develop when you only have eight yards for your team to move. Chuck it out of bounds, play for the next play. Yeah. But he just, he waited too long. Dupree is fast. He caught up with him. Game over. I'd say it wasn't even like, there wasn't even, it wasn't even like a fourth down. I'm pretty sure it was like second. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Definitely could have played for the next down. Yeah. Final game of the week. We're here. Which I didn't see. I I watched it till halftime. Then I went to sleep. It was like 10. It didn't start till like 10, 10 or something like that. East Coast here. Yeah, and uh, I watched till halftime, then I went to sleep. The Tennessee Titans and the Denver Broncos playing in Denver. The Titans win this game 16-14 to with a whole slew of missed field goals from Steven Gostowski. Uh, all over the place this morning. Um, from what I saw, it was, it, was a, it was a regular football game. There's nothing truly that stood out for me. Uh, Philip Lindsay has a little bit of a turf toe type of injury, so he's probably going to be out a couple of weeks. They, of course, got Melvin Gordon yet, though. Um, Jerry Judy played pretty well for his little debut. Drew Locke came out slinging the ball like a gunslinger he is does, and that was fun to watch. Uh, Ryan Tannehill made some really great plays, proving he's the guy for the job here. Devian Clowney's first game with the Titans. Jadavion Clowney back on defense for Mike Vrabel, just like when they worked together when he was with the Texans. Um, I, I honestly feel like Clowney was, from what I've watched of it anyway, he was pretty much a non-factor. I mean, he's quick, you know, and he, he's relentless when he gets chasing. But I don't think he made a huge impact just yet. He, Of course, he's only been with the team a week, you know. So yeah. the more he gets acclimated to the team and, and what they're doing there as a unit, I think the better he'll get. But, you know, a, a low-scoring game. I definitely expected this one to be, you know, a little bit higher scoring. Um Derrick Henry was, you know, he had he had some hard time trudging the ball, but he definitely had enough yards to uh, to to put up a good a uh, good offering there for the Titans. But it's uh, I don't know, it was kind of it was a little more of a letdown game. You know, I expected more out of both of these teams, even without the the preseason shenanigans and and off season to work with each other. But you know, these Denver was riding high after last season with Drew Locke coming in four and one to finish their season off, and the Titans, of course, with their crazy uh, and amazing fun to watch postseason last year until it ended. Um, you know, I expected a little bit more. So the, the the Monday night games were a little underwhelming to me, um, but hey, still football, still football, baby. That's fun stuff to watch. Shall we talk about Thursday night, which is a game you're really sub- uh, happy for? Her. Let's wait for Thursday. Okay. We'll, we'll use that as, as week two there. But um, a couple of things just to point out, first of all, uh, to, before we close off this this episode here, is there are two, two different games. Uh, one Sunday and one last night where players got ejected. I don't remember that happening very often, but two players got ejected from football in week one. one. I know one of them. The first one was Jamie Collins from the Lions, star linebacker, for bending over to explain a call to a ref, accidentally hit him with his helmet, got thrown out of the game. Yeah. That was pathetic. 
Yeah. It really was. And that, I mean, when you when you take out a star player like that on a defensive unit, that can change a game. And then last night it was warranted, which was Rashawn Evans for the Titans. Punched your buddy in the face, Jake Butt. <laughs> uh, got into a little scuffle, threw a right hook, got himself kicked out of the game. And First half. One, and there's one that you were talking about, which should have gotten Cam Jordan. Oh, that was a bad one. They were like, oh, he was punching the ball. But if anybody wants to see that, go check out YouTube. Cam Jordan threw this massive street fighter type of downward, I don't even, hammer claw down onto somebody in a pile. Not even a flag. Yeah. It's the, the refereeing, again, yeah, it's so off and on. You know, and it's, it's yeah. not worth talking or complaining about. But, man, please get your stuff together. Um, but that was it was unfortunate. I'm not used to seeing players getting ejected, and to see two in yeah. the same weekend was pretty weird. Um, let's talk a little bit about some big performances to finish off this week's episode in week one. Uh, first of all, so far, week one, NFL season, passing leaders in yards, Matt Ryan Ba-boom. threw for 450 yards. Ended up throwing the ball like 54 times, which is definitely not the norm. But they were playing from behind as well. But he came out slinging it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But he's leading the league right now in passing yards. Let's see who is leading in receiving yards. Receiving. Um, this one, this is where it gets pretty interesting, right? Because you have, oh, wait, that's right. The number one wide receiver in football, Julio Jones, Excellent. is leading in receiving yards with 157. Devontae Adams comes in at two with 156. Sure. Number three is Miss, oh. Number four, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley had 130. And that Falcons football game against the Seahawks, Falcons had three 100 yard receivers in Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Russell Gage. Absolutely insane. DeAndre Hopkins with his new quarterback, Kyler Murray, comes in at number three with 151 yards. Absolute dominant performance. Um, So somehow the Falcons lose, but we got two (laughs) at the top in passing and receiving. But then we go way down for rushing. But let's talk about rushing. Who's leading the rushing? I'm sure it's Josh Jacobs. Negatory. It is the rookie sensation from the Kansas City Chefs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, with 138 yards, 5.5 yards per attempt. That means if he ran the ball twice, he'd have more than a first down. Yeah. Uh, Derrick Henry comes in at number two with 116. And then, like I said about James Conner sitting out, Benny Snell Jr. comes in at third with 113 yards. Where's CMC on that list? CMC is tied for fourth with Zeke. And then old man Adrian Peterson is next with 93 yards with the team he's been on the Detroit Lions for a week. I saw whenever those games were actually still going on, I saw Cam Newton was number seven. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he, uh, him, Kyler, Deshaun, they're all still running for their lives out there. But that's just a couple of quick stats to close out the books on week one of the 2020 NFL season. 
We will be back here in two days, folks, with a preview of week two, talking and breaking down games, talking about injuries leading up to kickoff, and then to talk about the Thursday night football game, which is... Uh, the Bengals and the Brownies. Bengals and Brownies. The battle, for. the battle of Ohio. And I am all for it. And we'll talk about that more on Thursday. And also the battle of number one picks. A couple hours before kickoff, we'll be back to talk week two. We talking brownies and Bengals, breaking down the games, talking injuries, and having another great time with all you fun listeners out there. So on behalf of myself and Brady, please, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. Keep coming back. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And we'll see you on the flip side. Peace.